Hey, Crime Salad listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Salad, where we give you true crime stories every week. Today's episode is a recent case of a young woman named Esmeralda Gonzalez who vanished in the Las Vegas area. And this case is still developing, so we don't have all the details. But as the story develops more, we will share that info in our Facebook discussion group. But if you get to any updated information first, feel free to share. And also, just to make you aware, for those of you that may be new to Crime Salad, we'd like to mention that this podcast is not intended for children. The true crime cases that we cover include graphic detail that may be sensitive to some listeners. Esmeralda Gonzalez was a beautiful 24-year-old woman who had no intentions of leaving or running away. She was described as a Hispanic female standing 5 foot tall and about 110 pounds with long bleach blonde hair. And this was a girl who was quite popular on Instagram with 300,000 followers and was currently studying for her bachelor's in communications and worked as a real estate investor. It was also said by multiple media stations that she also worked in the adult entertainment industry. It was her brother, Juan Gonzalez, who reported her missing on May 31st, 2019, mentioning that the last time he saw her was at her home on Durango Drive and West Pebble Road, and nothing that day seemed out of the ordinary. The two had a very close, strong brother-sister relationship, so if there was anything going on in her personal life, he would most likely be the first to know. It was the very next day, and things got him very concerned when he went over to her house, but she wasn't home, and the door was unlocked, and the light was still on, which made this whole situation very unlike her and very suspicious. It was like she literally just dropped everything and disappeared. The family didn't know where to look at first or even what to do. Her brother contacted the police to report her missing while reaching out to people she talked to, but nothing came up. Her brother mentioned that she was off her medication that she was taking at the time, being that she was diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. So could this have something to do with her going missing? And as far as people that maybe witnessed seeing her last, a nearby neighbor did report her last being seen walking around the neighborhood at night, wearing high heels in lingerie, looking to be very confused and distraught. So could this incident have been related to her mental health or was there more to this story? There was a missing flyer created for the public asking for anyone's help to spread the word. Tip lines were open for any information that could help with this missing case. Police start to look into a man that she was supposedly last seen with. His name was Brent Smith and lives across the street from Esmeralda. A local news station, 13 Action News, was able to speak with him and asked him a few questions. He mentioned that he didn't have anything to do with her disappearance. 
So the only time he was actually with her or spoke to her was when she asked him for a ride to the dealership because she locked her keys in her car. So he did give her a ride to the dealership after it was found out that the other surrounding neighbors that were asked said no. So this guy was pretty much the only suspect that police had at the time. Weeks went by. The tip line remained open. Family and friends were waiting for her to come home safely and still holding on to hope, but they weren't getting any answers. And then in July, two months of waiting with no answers at all, an anonymous tip came in pointing to a 45-year-old man named Christopher Prestepino, along with a woman named Cassandra Bascones, linking both of them to her disappearance. And this guy actually looks pretty mean. You can clearly see in any video or mugshot of him that he literally looks evil. And what's even more interesting, they lived in the same neighborhood as Esmeralda. So this tip became a huge part in this case. It told specific detail about a woman believed to be Esmeralda and what happened to her inside of Christopher's home. And it directed police to their next steps, and it was later used in court. A tipster who was interviewed by police said that Christopher told a friend that he killed the missing girl. With this tip, it's believed that Esmeralda was lured into Christopher's home and was given methamphetamine. When she started acting bizarre and speaking in the devil's tongue, so panicking, Christopher tied her up against her will for a really long time. And when she was coming down from her high, she threatened to call police because of the drugs that he gave her. And when he untied her, she punched him in the face and Christopher jumped on top of her and began strangling her until she lost consciousness. Thinking she was dead, he left her body lay there, but she woke up. So he then finished the job by injecting her with pool cleaner. What a sick individual. And the person who left this tip told the police that her body was dumped in the desert off of the Interstate 15 highway near the Nevada-California border. And I feel like this tip would have just absolutely blew the police officer's minds when it first came in. Here they are looking for a missing girl, and then they receive a tip saying that she's been tortured, kept in a guy's house against her will, and then just dumped in the desert. So this whole thing went from a missing persons case to a homicide investigation, just like that. Then on October 8th, a decomposed body was found, stuffed inside a 250-gallon water tank. Her hands were bound and her body was wrapped in a blanket, and white tape was wrapped covering her head and neck. The tank was filled with concrete and then covered in wood. When they uncovered the decomposing body that was encased in this rock-hard cement, it noticeably didn't smell like decomposition to the investigators, but more of like a really strong chemical smell. A series of tests and research was done to identify the body, although investigators did have their suspicions that it could have been the missing girl, Esmeralda. DNA tests were done, and they were a direct match with Esmeralda and her parents. And inside the structure, pieces of jewelry were found and were seen in previous photos of Esmeralda posted on Instagram. One specifically of a Rolex watch, which this one was definitely noticeable because this was a watch that was worth $40,000 and it was registered under her name. 
Detectives later interviewed and spoke with numerous people. One of those was a witness named Trisha, who was a family friend of Christopher's. We're not really sure if this is the same person who called in the anonymous tip. That was never really clarified. But she told police that Christopher called her over to his house in the middle of the night, acting paranoid. She couldn't hear him very well because he was blasting the TV and had music in the background. But he wanted her to come over and help him move a large wooden structure that was on a pallet into a U-Haul truck. Once she got there, they both tried to move the structure, but it was just too heavy. They couldn't move it. While she was there, Christopher could not stop talking about a girl that he had over. He told her the same story that we heard from the tip, that he got a girl high on meth, things got out of control, and then he ended up strangling her. And I'm not completely sure if he told her the full story that after the struggle, he injected her with pool cleaner. But Trisha also said that in the back of the U-Haul was a cement mixer and a freezer. And she must have been pretty confused by this because she asked about the freezer and Christopher told her that if anyone ever got into that freezer, it would all be bad. We're going to take a quick break here to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online service that I personally use for my mental health. They provide a number of professional licensed counselors who specialize in all situations that may be interfering with your happiness. It's seriously my personal outlet to get my mind right. It's affordable. It's so convenient. I decided to give BetterHelp a shot when I was going through a very anxious part of my life. So I just signed up and I was matched with an amazing counselor who was so willing to talk with me right away. We actually set up a video chat later in the week to catch up. We are all so busy. Give yourself the care that you need today. Start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash crime salad. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crime salad. And still, after all of this, the two then left in that U-Haul to dispose of what was in the truck. And we can only assume that what the two disposed of that night was not the body of Esmeralda, and most likely was just the cement mixer and the freezer that were already in the back of the U-Haul. But Trisha said they made at least two stops while they were in the U-Haul truck, one disposing of a freezer and a dumpster, and then another behind Paris, where she said they tried to get a forklift but were unable to. So we can only assume that Christopher must have disposed of the body that was in the wooden structure a different time because the two were unable to lift it into the truck. So this is where it gets a little blurry to me. And I get that Trisha may not have known that Esmeralda was dead at this point, but like, what did she think she was doing? It's just weird to me that she wasn't listed as an accomplice. So, I mean, there may just be some unknowns about this. Like she really was naive or didn't know what was going on. Or maybe he threatened her. I don't know. We haven't heard either way. But following up on what she told the police, they find out according to records that Christopher did in fact rent a 15 foot truck from U-Haul moving and storage in the 8600th block of South Las Vegas. He picked the truck up about 6.30 on June 8th and then he returned it two days later. And then an even stranger finding is that Christopher also went to Home Depot a few days earlier on June 6th around 8.30 p.m. and he bought the following supplies. 
two boxes of deck screws, an ocean mist filter fresh clip strip, two tubes of WD-40 silicone lube, 10 96-inch 2x4 studs, five 60-pound bags of concrete mix, and one 50-pound bag of lime, eight concrete fence cap blocks, and an iced coffee. And then the very next day, he returned to the store to buy a drill and concrete mixing pads. So if the supplies were what we think they were for, it's no wonder they were unable to lift the wooden structure into the truck. I mean, concrete alone, that would have been so heavy. That's just crazy. And like, what else would he be doing other than trying to get rid of a body with a random purchase like this? And I really wonder what Trisha was thinking. Like, what was the shocking turning point? But this guy is just downright creepy. Him saying that comment about the freezer is just chilling. Honestly, it is. And it's kind of weird to me because we don't know the relationship between the two of them. We know that, you know, Christopher has been into some bad things in the past with methamphetamine and things like that. But what's interesting to me is like how naive was Trisha? Did she really not know anything was going on? I mean, if someone told you that it would be bad if anyone got into the freezer that they're trying to dispose of, you would have to be thinking the worst. And then to just get in the truck and go with him? Especially after hearing the story that he told her about the girl. I mean, you would have to be feeling weird about it. It's kind of weird. It is definitely weird. But at the same time, I wonder if he was playing things off as if maybe there was like bad food in the freezer or something like that to hide the fact that there was actually a body in there or there was a body in there. Or maybe he just like was hinting to see like her reaction. But another thing that is interesting, detectives were able to speak to another friend of Christopher's who owns his own car business. He explained to police that Christopher left his black BMW at the shop's garage and he asked about muratic acid, which is used as a pool cleaner to make methamphetamine. And he talked about wanting to detail his car, specifically the trunk. So police had the BMW towed and what they found tucked in a black pouch in the glove box was Home Depot receipts that listed the items that he bought at Home Depot. And on the dashboard, they spotted a single blonde hair. So this was all circumstantial evidence. But I mean, come on, please explain the fact that Everything just seems to point to Christopher as the main suspect in this case. And at the same time, he is still claiming that he's innocent. Now, there's a bit of a history with Christopher. In 2006, he was arrested for manufacturing meth and possession of a dangerous weapon. And his case was moved to district court where he was eventually found guilty. He pled guilty and was sentenced to 12 months for each count. And this was all according to district court records. And even though this is more of just drug charges, it just kind of goes to show what type of person Christopher is. So fast forward to present day, and with all of this evidence piling up against Christopher, on October 11th, Las Vegas police learned that Christopher later fled to Belize, but he was immediately arrested when he returned to Las Vegas and charged with first-degree kidnapping, conspiracy to commit a murder, and murder, according to court documents. And then he was in court on Tuesday, November 5th, 
2019, he pleaded not guilty to murder for the death of Esmeralda Gonzalez, which I don't know how he could even fight any of the evidence that is against him. And the woman along by his side helping him with this murder, Cassandra, she was also facing multiple charges, including first degree murder and kidnapping. And looking further into Cassandra, for whatever reason, she has numerous other names that she goes by. Cassandra Garrett, Cassandra Wynn, Cassandra Tran, and Nikki Hart. And the reason for these other names, we don't have a clue. But when she was first questioned by police, she was very defensive, argumentative, and denied any knowledge whatsoever about Esmeralda. With the evidence and the tip that came through, she was found in Wisconsin and arrested after a warrant was out for her arrest. And along with these two criminals, the third person in connection with this murder was Christopher's girlfriend, Lisa Mort, who was his co-conspirator and was charged with harboring, hiding, and helping Christopher. However, Christopher has posted a $500,000 bail just recently, and it was mentioned that he was released with high-level electronic monitoring, and he'll be back in court on November 13, 2019. And as far as Esmeralda and her family who are mourning this horrible loss, her funeral service will occur the day before Christopher goes back to court on November 12th. Esmeralda's brother also set up a GoFundMe page that will cover expenses relating to the recent loss. He explains on the page that she was a beautiful, educated woman working towards her degree in communications. And at this point, the heartbroken family is seeking justice for Esmeralda Gonzalez. But as of right now, this concludes this week's episode. And be sure to check out pictures of this case on our website at crimesaladpodcast.com where you can see posts and pictures of Esmeralda, Christopher, his roommate, and his girlfriend. And we'd like to credit our sources, which include 8 News Now, RGI, Las Vegas Sun, News.com, Review Journal. And also those links will be available on our website. You're also invited to join us on our Crime Salad Facebook discussion group where you can post links to cases you think are interesting or share anything crime related and meet other true crime salad investigators just like yourself and feel free to invite a friend. And if you really like this episode and would like to help support this podcast, please follow us on Himalaya and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to us now. This helps other listeners find Crime Salad. And remember to follow us on Instagram. Be sure to tell a friend about Crime Salad. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Crime Salad is a true crime podcast delivering a healthy portion of crime. Crime Salad is a weird salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. All the blood, blood, all the pain, pain. All the blood, blood, all the pain.